Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Insomnia. The nothing personal word of the day is insomnia. I suffer from insomnia. It's not just on election night that I don't sleep. I just have a hard time sleeping in general. I can't get the brain to calm down. I've tried them all. I've got the apps. There's a calm app. I count sheep. I count baseballs. I try to recall every player who ever played for me over 18 years with the Expos and the Marlins. I watch movies. I read a lot of articles. Not as many books as I'd like to anymore, but I read a lot of articles. And I just can't get my brain to slow down. No matter what I try, and I've tried a lot. I was the guy in college who would be up till 5 in the morning partying, and then my friends would sleep till 2 p.m., and I'd be up at 7 a.m. and go for a run or stare at the ceiling or do homework or do whatever I was doing. I've just always been that way. I'd like to change that. I really don't know how. If anybody has any suggestions, I've tried tea. I've tried milk. I've tried warm water. I've tried massages, both internal and external. Tried everything. Last night, I don't want to say I had insomnia. What I had was election update-itis. Going from CNN to Fox to CNN to Fox to NBC to CBS to CNN to CBS. Maybe... Just maybe somebody had something new. Or maybe I was trying to confirm what I heard on one station to see what the perspective was from the other station. About 12.45 in the morning, Vice President Biden gave a talk at a drive-in. It reminded me of the movie Grease. I couldn't stop thinking about Grease. I don't know why. I just kept thinking he was just an older version of a cast member from the movie Grease in 1978 with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. He had cars that are driving. He told everyone, be patient, go to bed. People were on Twitter saying, I'm going to bed. I was jealous. He said, we're going to count. We're not going to declare victory. We're not going to concede loss. We've got a good chance in Pennsylvania. Even though we're down 600,000 votes, we've got a chance to turn around Michigan and Wisconsin. The technology never ceases to amaze me, where they can go county by county and show what percentage of the ballots have been counted, what those counties generally do during an election year cycle, what the expectation can be. It's all projections. Are they worth more than the polls? That's a big way to see. So I go channel the channel and I can't figure out what do I do? What do I say? What am I thinking? In this most divisive time, I would say it's the most divisive time that I've been alive. But I was alive in 1968 when times were very divisive. That's 1968. Thank you very little. They've been divisive for years on myriad issues. This feels different to me. We talked yesterday that most people talk and don't listen. 
most people are not willing to do anything other than be preached to by the choir or preached to the choir. No one's changing anybody's mind. I have very many friends who are Republican. I have very many friends who are Democratic. I would call them some friends, some acquaintances. People who I have learned from over the years, people who I talk to, people who I have been able to have great intellectual discourse with over the years. Spent a lot of time on the phone late into the night. And what's interesting is that both sides of the aisle last night were upset. They were upset in the way not that happens when your favorite sports team loses a championship or your favorite sports team can't make the playoffs or your favorite sports team has executives you don't like or your favorite sports team trades away players you love. Not that type of upset. This was deeper, and this made me realize that we may have a chance. And the chance we have is that maybe now in 2020, everybody now has an understanding of the importance of a ballot from the bottom of the ballot all the way to the top. Maybe everyone now understands that engagement is what is necessary and not emboldened windbaggery, but true engagement where you learn how a process takes place, why a process takes place, because only then can you actually engage in the process changing. You know the new owner-itis that I talk about? Hold on, testing the new cough button. I hope that worked. If not, that was plenty disgusting. Sorry. I'm just a little tired. Do you know the process that takes place when you are learning something? We used to call it new owner-itis. I like that word. I still say that. Steve Cohn comes in. He's going to buy the Mets. Will he immediately sign a free agent no matter what? JT Ralamuto from the Phillies signed him to be the catcher for the Mets. A true FU to the rest of the National League East. Will he try to swipe Theo Epstein from Chicago or Brian Cashman from New York to be his GM? What big move will he make knowing that he knows better because he's run a successful business? That sort of concept to me is interesting. What new owner-itis really means is that you believe that because you have knowledge in X area, that you can apply that knowledge to understand Y area without taking the time to learn what is actually in that Y area. You don't need to take the time because you know that you have handled your X area with expertise over a course of years or decades Therefore, it applies to everything else. The equivalent would be that with my law degree, when my child has a stomach ache, I can say, you've got appendicitis. The ultimate hubris is to take my law degree to say that my child has appendicitis and then to get a knife and remove his appendix. You may think that's a ridiculous example, but it's not. That is the same example of anyone who pretends that they know something that by definition they can't know without learning it first. And maybe now enough people paid attention to how an election works that going forward, we are going to be a better country. Why do I think there's greater engagement? Did you see the voter turnout? The voter turnout last night through absentee ballots, mail-in ballots, and day of game voting was greater And I haven't seen the numbers, so this may be straight hyperbole. But for me, it was greater than any election that I have been able to vote in. That is the first step 
to being educated is to be engaged. So people were engaged. Maybe they were watching the different networks. Maybe if they're a Republican, they were watching Fox. If they're Democrats, they were watching CNN. Maybe if they're like me, they were watching them all. And then you start seeing as the night is going on that it's going to be very difficult to have an answer. And the one thing that we need as human beings and why I personally love working in sports is I want an answer. I'm a black and white guy. I love math. I always did well in math in school. I think I may have told you this on a mailbag episode. The reason I did so well in math is there was no room for anything personal. If a teacher thinks I talk too much or was disruptive in class or didn't like the way I looked, smelled, or felt, yes, that is a thing at Horace Mann, then maybe I wouldn't get a good grade. And I always wanted to get a good grade because that was a way of being recognized or judged fairly for your capacity, whether it's your intellectual capacity or your athletic capacity. Math is the perfect subject because there is only one right answer. You can't BS your way through math because it's simple. Either you got it or you didn't get it. And the way to get it is to have the brain to go through step by step on what it takes to get from a question to an answer. Sports is the same. It's why I hate ties. I want a winner. A winner doesn't mean that you have the best team. It doesn't mean you have the best players. It doesn't mean that you will win tomorrow or that you won yesterday. What it does mean is that day, that moment, that game, you won or you lost. That is our country. And I'm a part of our country. I want a winner. I sent out a tweet late last night that I don't know if people were focused on, but it it was important to me because the reason I don't like cricket, and I'm not saying it's bad to like cricket, I don't like it. I don't want to sit there for five days and wait to see who wins. It would be like me watching 18 rounds of golf and not being able to say who won each hole, waiting for the end of the 18th to see who won the entire round. I like to know as quickly as I can. And last night, it became clear that there was no chance that we would get a winner in the presidential election until at least today. And I took advantage of you, the audience, and I'm sorry. And I'm going to take it back now. My wait to seize have always been things where we do have to wait to see. I can't, I would never give you a wait to see that the sun will rise tomorrow. Because I guarantee you the sun will rise tomorrow. That's not fair for me to take credit for that. I gave you a way to see that there'll be no winner of the presidential election until at least Wednesday. I can't even take credit for it because it's not nice. It was not even a question that that's what would happen. But what did happen by not having a winner is that the rest of the country got anxious. I was upset we didn't have a winner only because I want a winner. But what many people around the country were doing was trying to explain why there was no winner. And what they were doing was saying, there was no winner because there's fraud. There was no winner because there was some sort of tampering. There was no winner because somebody else did something wrong, not because the match was won or lost on the field. If you are going to say that, you better be right. 
Donald Trump came on the air at, I don't know, was it 2.30 in the morning, Coca? Remember when I didn't call you because you were sleeping or reading or watching something and you never want to hear me call you at that time at night, which by the way, I wish you wouldn't mind if I called you because then I'd have someone to call at that time of night when I can't sleep. I didn't say I'd nudge you, not nudge, nudge. I said I'd call you. Well, Trump came out and said, I win. And if I'm not winning, it's only because of fraud. The problem with that is that until you've got proof, why would you work up the electorate in that way? Why add to the angst that all of us were feeling? I was bothered by that statement. Not because I don't believe it. I was bothered by it because it's not true at the moment it was said. There is plenty of time to contest an election. We reviewed a movie called 537 Votes, where the Florida election in 2000, the presidential election in 2000, wasn't decided on election night or even the next day. If you've got legal bases that are provable in a court of law, you have got this country's the greatest. You've got an avenue you can take in order to show that what went on was wrong and against the law and needs to be fixed. It's the equivalent of the Canadian limited partners that we had in Montreal standing up back in 2002 or three and saying, we accuse Jeffrey Loria, Bud Selig, Bob Dupay, and David Sampson of RICO making us out to be like mobsters. They had no proof. They just stood up and said something so outrageous. And then we went into court and they lost. They didn't have a case. If Donald Trump wants to go into court, he will. And the court will decide whether he has a case. If Joe Biden wants to go into court and decide that he wants a recount or that he believes something was nefarious in the counting in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, then he can do it too. But the word of the day last night needed to be patience and needed to be calmness. We talked yesterday that cities were boarding up and people were getting ready. I have a very close friend who's concerned about an actual civil war, an actual civil war. Civil war was fought in this country in the 1800s. Do you remember? Did you study that? What was on the table that war? What was on the table to boil it down to the bare bones was freedom. What's on the table right now is opinion, not freedom. People may argue their freedoms are being taken away. Their Second Amendment rights are being infringed. Their ability to pay taxes, to not pay taxes, to live the American dream, to not leave the American dream, to have the chance of living the American dream. By the way, that's a huge difference between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans count on people wanting the American dream and believing they can get it, even when it's likely they can't. Democrats tell people, you're not going to get the American dream, so we're going to give you money in advance through tax breaks, incentives, and, and the reallocation of money from rich to poor. That's truly a very big difference between Republicans and Democrats is how people view their chance at the American dream, their chance at being part of lifestyles of the rich and famous, their chance at being a professional athlete, their chance at doing something that's likely will never happen. Some people will keep telling you to live the dream 
and you die thinking, I almost had it. Some people say you're never going to have it, so start adjusting. I've always been on the side with my employees and with the players I've had is that I'm more of the latter. I'll say to a player, I do not see you with a long major league career. I don't see you making arbitration. I don't see you getting what you think you are going to get in free agency. Or to an employee, a lower level employee, I'll say, I don't see you becoming a vice president in this company or the president of a team. Or the other way, I'll say, I do see it. Here's what you need to do to attain it. I think being honest when it comes to people's prospects, being honest when it comes to an election is so important because sometimes when you're honest, it's not what the person wants to hear, but it's what they need to hear. We didn't need to hear last night in the middle of the night that it's fraud. We didn't need to hear in the middle of the night that we had an answer when we didn't. What we needed was to understand how the answer was coming. Remember, there were a lot of first-time voters. All the talk we did, remember the shirt I wore, vote now yesterday. Remember, I spoke a lot about my desire to have you vote. The reason I wanted you to vote was so you now would be in a position for the rest of your life to be an engaged part of our democracy. Now, someone tweeted at me at David P. Sampson, we're not a democracy, we're a democratic republic. You say tomato, I say tomato. My point of what I call us is that we elect our representatives. Now, some could argue that the electoral college means that we don't really elect our president. The electors elect our president. That a president can win the popular vote, meaning if 200 million people vote and one person has 120 and one person has 80, that person should be president. That's not the way it works. You can have the popular vote, but not be the president. You've got to win the electoral vote. 270 is the number you've heard. 270 electors. That's literally 270 people who cast their vote for president. But people did come out and vote. So in some ways, what the athletes have done and all of the issues that have taken place in the sports world this past seven months since COVID started, it worked. Regardless, by the way, on a side note, someone tweeted at me that the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has made irregardless a word. I don't care what the dictionary folks say. Irregardless is not a word in the English language, period. You can put it in any dictionary you want. Do not use irregardless. The word is just regardless. Regardless of who wins the election. The athletes said vote. By the way, Coke, I forgot to check the race of the Seattle uh, storm. The, um, the owner of the WNBA team who ran for Senate, Kelly Loeffler, we spoke about her so much. Did she win? Can you check that out? I can't believe I didn't even focus on that. Maybe it's still undecided. I don't even know if Coke is listening, but I think he may be. Good morning, Coca. She was Atlanta dream owner. Okay, but did she win? He's telling me she advanced to a runoff. I thought that the runoff was yesterday, though. I thought that that was the vote, unless it wasn't a vote yesterday. Either way. So the athletes came out and said they want people to vote. I think they wanted people to vote for Biden, but they just wanted people to vote. 
So what role do athletes and entertainers have in politics, actually? What role do we have in politics as talking heads in the quote-unquote sports landscape? Our role is not to tell you who to vote for. Our role is to get you to vote and to be engaged. There is a very big misunderstanding when citizens of our country listen to entertainers or athletes who are biased in who they want you to vote for. There are people who won't watch the Oscars because they feel that everyone in Hollywood is liberal. There's people who don't like certain athletes because they're liberal. There's people who don't like certain athletes because they're conservative. Aubrey Huff is a great example. Kurt Schilling is a great example of two athletes who are extremely conservative and people form an opinion about them because of that. People form an opinion about Mark Ruffalo. You love him, the Avengers. He's extremely, extremely liberal. Barbara Streisand, you don't bring me flowers anymore. It used to be so natural to think about tomorrow, but used to be don't count anymore. And people don't want to pay attention to her because she's so liberal. I think that it's insulting that any athlete or entertainer believes, or me, anybody who has a platform that may be larger than others, believes that what they think is going to inform what you think. That because of what they do, it will change what you do. I understand going out and canvassing for politicians who you want to see elected. I understand in engaging in discussion an explanation of issues. But isn't the best thing, it reminds me of a statement I learned long ago from my mother, actually. I could give you food or I can teach you to farm so that you can grow and have your own food. I'm sort of giving you the short version of that. It's always better to teach people how to make decisions, to teach people how to help themselves. It never works out when you do something for someone to the point where they're unable to do it for themselves when you're not around to do it for them anymore. It happens in relationships. It happens in businesses. It happens in sports teams. Where when you're so controlling, you do everything for someone and then you feel like you can't take a day off or you end up leaving the company and the company is finished without you. We always had backups in our sports teams. If the GM walked away, if the CFO walked away, if I walked away, the only person who can't walk away is the owner. If you run a good organization, you want your employees to be able to do your job. You're not scared of it. You don't surround yourself with psychophants. You surround yourself with people who you know will be better than you are. It would be way more impactful for athletes and entertainers to lay out issues to people in words that are easy to understand, in phrases and sentences that frame an issue in a way that people can make their own decision. Then there would not be this level of malice toward entertainers or athletes and politics. There would actually be embracing. Imagine how great it would be to have your favorite character. Imagine if John Wick, Coca, imagine if John Wick got on TV and went through 10 issues 
explaining the differences between Trump and Biden and gave you a chance to figure out where you are on those issues and then ask you to vote and explain to you how to vote and how to register. How great would that be? I don't know whether I'm going to have insomnia tonight. I don't know whether we're going to have a president named tonight. But what I do know and what I do hope is that whatever happens, we take the lessons of this campaign and we do better. Coca has a saying, let's be better. I don't know if it's a tattoo, Coca. That'd be a great tattoo, though. Let's be better. Except I got it wrong, so I'm going to correct it. It's let's be great. Wait, do you have a tattoo of either of those? Let's be greater, let's be better. You have both. I love that. I love tattoos, by the way. Coca's got a ton of tattoos. By the way, don't judge a book by its cover. Just don't. Coca, the producer of Nothing Personal. Without him, Nothing Personal would not be successful. And are you listening, CBS? Nothing Personal is. And that's because of you all who are listening downloading, subscribing, telling your friends about our show. You've been telling your friends, keep doing it. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, we're not under the CBS umbrella anymore. We have our own YouTube channel, hard to find, but please find it. And then hit the subscribe button. Why? Please. Coca has made me better at what I do every day. This is the 250th episode of Nothing Personal, not counting sit-downs or bonus episodes or mailbags. 250th. And he always says before a show, let's be great. Let's be better. My wish for all of us is that we look at the behavior of those around us and we ask them to be better. People are asking me a lot of questions about this election. And I got one that I wanted to talk about. It's a, so you want to talk to Samson? Is your soundboard working, Coca? You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. Yes. If you're new to the show and we're getting new people every day, I'll explain it again. So you want to talk to Samson comes from a movie called Half Baked. Great movie. Even if you're only an eighth baked. Get into Twitter at David P. Samson. My DMs are public and ask me a question. I'm going to get to as many as I can. And this one was a good one. Regarding the election, what issues do owners really care about? Are they Republican or are they Democratic? It's a great question because there are two ways to look at elections. You can look at an election from your own standpoint, your personal standpoint, or you can look at an election from your business standpoint. Sometimes there's an intersection and a commonality of interest, sometimes there's not. There are several issues that owners look at and pay attention to, and here's how it works in baseball, because that's where I worked for 18 years. So I want to explain a couple of things and also some issues that are important to the other sports leagues and therefore the other owners. Owners are very focused on both their operating cash flow and on their asset value. Operating cash flow is on an annual basis, do you make cash or do you lose cash? Not on paper, but actual cash, in or out. Owners are also focused on what their team is worth. 
and their team is worth not what Forbes says it is. Their team is worth what they believe a prospective owner would pay. And owners spend a lot of time talking to prospective owners and going through and talking to investment banks. Hey, do you think you have someone at one five or two billion? What do you think this is worth? You think this is worth two and a half billion? It's the same thing you do for your house. When you bought your house for $400,000, you look around in the neighborhood, you look at sales in your neighborhood, comparable homes. Hey, is my house worth more? Is it worth less? Does the presidential election impact your operating cash flow or the value of your asset? The answer is yes. Let's go one at a time. What's the biggest issue that wealthy individuals have? They want to pay as few taxes as possible. Republicans in general believe in tax cuts to the wealthy. Democrats believe in tax increases to the wealthy. There's a big conversation about an estate tax. Estate tax is something that is paid after you die. The government can get up to 50% of your estate over a certain number. Democrats want that number to be higher, meaning more, more taxes. Republicans would like to get rid of the estate tax so money can be passed on from generation to generation. There are annual taxes, income taxes, capital gains taxes. When you buy a stock for a dollar and sell it for $2, what is the tax you pay on that dollar of increment? Democrats want you to pay more. Republicans want you to pay fewer. It's a pretty simple issue. But when you are the owner of a sports team, taxes are a big deal. When you are selling a sports team, taxes are a big deal. Do you think it's a coincidence that the New York Mets wanted to be sold before the end of 12 of this year? Because if Biden wins and increases the taxes, that would have a huge impact on the net dollars received for the Mets. There is a rush to get deals done. There's a rush to pass money from generation to generation by wealthy people thinking that the rules will change should Biden become the president. Estate planning by owners has become forefront because of the possibility of estate planning changes should Biden become the president. What about the trade issues? You've heard me talk about China a lot and what Daryl Morey did and what's going on in Hong Kong and the fact that Daryl Morey got another job, the fact that the NBA lost several hundred million dollars because of one tweet. Can you imagine? Well, the Democrats and Republicans have different views on China and that impacts sports teams and their operating cash flow. The Democrats would like tariffs on products made in China. And I'm bringing this down to the lowest common denominator for simplicity purposes. Republicans want high tariffs. Democrats want low tariffs. What does it mean to have tariffs on goods? It means that goods become more expensive from China. Why does that matter? Because everything that we sell when we own a sports team is from China. Everything we buy is from China. Every uniform you're wearing, shirt, all the merchandise, goods, items. If those prices go up, that means you, the fan, will buy fewer of them. If you buy fewer of them and spend less money, that's bad for the operating cash flow of your company. 
They're paying attention to that issue. Gambling. It's a big issue. I don't see a huge difference between Trump and Biden on gambling. But if there's any side that will be more apt to let states decide, it is Republicans. Remember, we've talked about this. Republicans want the states to have more power. Republicans want the states to make decisions. It would be important for owners to have gambling rampant throughout our country in every single jurisdiction, allowed in the ballpark, allowed at your seat, allowed on your phone, allowed while you're waiting online to go pee-pee because people who gamble lose money. And the people who make the money are the people who take the bets. Now at CBS Sports HQ, we're going to try to put money in your pocket by making you smarter. We're going to give you picks. I do picks. I lost a pick recently. Did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not cover against the Giants, Coca, when they played? What a crock of crap. So we're only 31 and 29, by the way. That's an outrage. So I'm not going to be right all the time. Neither is any pundit. Neither is anybody who makes betting choices. We're trying to give you our view from experience. We're going to be right or we're going to be wrong. But the important thing for a team owner is not that we're right or wrong. It's that you bet and that every state gives every individual the right to bet. It's a big issue. You don't hear a lot about this, but there's antitrust issues. I could spend a whole show talking about baseball's antitrust exemption and what a great thing that is for owners in baseball. What antitrust means is that there are laws on the books that say you may not either be or act like a monopoly. Why? Because when you're a monopoly, guess what you can do? Hey, you want a hot dog? That'll be $75, please. Oh, you want to go across the street and get a hot dog? Guess what? There are no hot dogs across the street. Either change to a hamburger or pay me $75. The government says we don't want someone to have that kind of power. There's a lot of antitrust issues with Google, for example. The government doesn't want Google to be your only way to search. Do you have any idea how much information Google has about you? Like, do you have any idea? It's staggering. I believe that Google knows when I have to take a crap. I really do. Antitrust laws have not gotten a lot of attention in the last administration. They are likely not to get a lot of attention no matter who wins. But it is an issue that owners care about greatly. Another issue is on the rules of stadium construction. You are now seeing Tampa and Oakland who still need a new stadium in baseball. But guess what we're also seeing? It's time for another round of new stadiums in baseball. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they just got Chase Field, I thought. Guess what? They need a new one. The Atlanta Braves had a new stadium. Turner Field, guess what? They built a new one. We're now in the next wave of new stadiums. The laws on taxes, the laws on depreciation, the laws on the environment, those are things that we pay close attention to because they cost money. If we're forced to make it green for PR purposes or legal purposes, or to do something right for the environment because we may or may not want to, but we're forced to, it costs money. Now, what other issues do owners really care about? Here's where I'm going to get a little off the beaten path. But it's true. And I was one of them, not an owner, but I was someone who was part of the Washington Baseball Forum. 
an organization where we would go to Washington and we would give money to political campaigns on both sides of the aisle. We'd have dinners with senators, cabinet members. I've gotten to meet several presidents. Access. Owners want access. It's the silliest thing, access, really, because it makes you feel important. It's very bizarre to be in the, in the presence of power and feel as though you are in the wake of that power and feel as though that that wake powers you too. It's like being around an athlete. It's like being around a role model or an actor or someone you admire or someone you don't admire, but someone who you know is famous or important, quote unquote, what does that mean? Owners want access. That's why they donate to political campaigns because they want to manage issues, but they want access when it's time for them to feel important, to be important, and to get what they want. Does that make it right or fair? I guess a concept called equal access would be an interesting concept, but it's never going to happen. It's not realistic. I told you at the beginning of the show that I would talk to you about when things can and cannot happen, what's real and what's not. That's the point of nothing personal. There will not be a time in this country or any other place in the world where every single citizen of every country will have access to power. It can't be. It goes back to what I talk about with frame of reference. In order to know that something is Light, you have to know what it is to be dark. In order to know that you are happy, you have to know what it is to be sad. In order to know that you're successful, you have to know what it is to fail. There will never be a time when everyone has access to power because then there's no such thing as power. Don't let any owner of any business or any owner of any sports team or any team president, frankly, or any GM, tell you anything other than one of the reasons they get involved in politics is one of the same reasons that politicians get involved in politics. Power and access to that power. It's like an aphrodisiac. Thank you for asking what issues do owners really care about? And that's a true list. When we come back, we're going to review a documentary that I watched a couple of days ago on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes, I got Apple TV+. Plus. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Today is November 4th, day after Election Day, although today's still Election Day. We don't have a president. We're going to have one soon, I promise. Don't panic. It's all going to be okay. I watched a movie, a documentary. My favorite musical artist is Bruce Springsteen. I think people may know that. He's my number one, number one. My favorite Bruce Springsteen song is Thundercrack. Bruce Springsteen has a new album called Letters to You. Forget Bruce Springsteen's politics. I don't pay attention to them. I'm not saying I agree with them or disagree with them. This goes back to what we talked about earlier in the show when we talked about athletes, entertainers, actors. Bruce Springsteen is very loud and vociferous in his politics. Extremely liberal. Doesn't matter to me. I love him for his music, not for his politics. Well, he's got a new album out called Letters to You. This is his best album for me in a decade, maybe more. It goes back to some of his early albums, like The Wild, The Innocent, and The East Street Shuffle. Back to Born to Run. These songs on this album are incredible. And he did a documentary with the entire East Street band who went to his studio in Jersey. And it shows how they put together an album. I'm biased to the drummer, Max Weinberg, because his Max is someone who I know. I've got access to power in the East Street Band. I don't deny it. It makes me feel powerful. I have access to Max Weinberg's agent, the great Mark Stein, his representative. How do I feel about that? He loves having access to baseball. I love having access to music. There's a commonality of desire and access. But if the music weren't good, it wouldn't matter because above access, above that feeling of power, I wouldn't have an interest in access to someone who I don't like in terms of their music. But I love Springsteen. If you have an opportunity, any opportunity to get this album, which you do because it's available now, get it. Even if you disagree with who Bruce is and what he does, even if you know that it is Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and make no mistake, Bruce Springsteen is the man in charge. Bruce said it in this documentary. You want to know the cue? Look at me. You want to know when we're done? You look at me. You want to know what song's next? You look at me. You want to play it the way you want to play it? Nope. You play it the way I say to play it. Has he earned that right? Debatable. But it works. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band are together after all these years. 
The loss of Clarence Clemens still hurts. Danny Federici still hurts. If you watch The Sopranos, by the way, Steve Van Zant is in the E Street Band. He was the guy in The Sopranos. It is a documentary worth watching. Letters to you on Apple TV+. Plus. If you buy a MacBook, you get Apple TV for free for a year. If you don't have any sort of Apple products, you can do it for like $4.99 a month after a month free. You can get it for a month. Watch Letters to You. Watch the new Bill Murray movie, which I don't think we've reviewed yet, Coca, but we're going to because I watched that this week. And then you can cancel. But watch Letters to You, the Springsteen documentary. Okay. I want to talk about uh, right now what's going on in the National Basketball Association because I want to end with this. It's important to me. We've heard when the NBA season ended that there was going to be a short off season. We heard that Adam Silver wanted to start the season before Christmas because it was critical to get NBA games on network TV Christmas time. We've heard that there could be up to a billion dollars in lost revenue if the league doesn't start in December. We know that it is unknown whether fans will be allowed in the stands. And if so, what numbers? We know that the bubble in the NBA is not going to work over a long period, over a full regular season. We know that the players wanted out of that bubble. We know the players want an offseason. We know the players do not want to play starting December 22nd. All of those things are true. There were articles that came out saying that the NBA players made it very clear to the NBA owners. You can suggest what you want, but we're out. We know that the NBA owners said to the NBA players, we don't even know what the salary cap's going to be. We covered that on Nothing Personal. We don't know how free agency is going to go. We covered that on Nothing Personal. What we do know, and we are opening our books to you because we share revenue with you. We have a collective bargain agreement which states that you get 50% of the revenue. You want us to have more revenue. You need us to have more revenue. You may not believe us, but you audit us every year. It's not like baseball. We can't hide revenue from you. You see it all. So you may want a longer vacation, but here's what it means. It is a great move by the owners in the National Basketball Association when they said to the players and to Michelle Roberts, the executive director of the NBA Players Association, here we go. Here's my jacket. I have no aces up my sleeve. Here is the actual dollars we're going to lose. Here is the impact it will have on you. Go back to your players, Michelle, and ask them, how much is vacation worth? How much are you willing to give up in order to not go to training camp starting December 1st? How much? And then get back to me. Well, guess what happened? Michelle Roberts went to the players, went through the X's and O's, the dollars and cents, and said to the players, let me know what to say to Adam, but we're up against it. And the next thing you know, the players are voting to approve starting the season December 22nd. 
it was never a doubt. Because Adam Silver called Michelle Roberts. He had LeBron James on hold. He had Chris Paul on the other line. He had Mark Cuban and other owners waiting in the veranda. And he simply said to them, it's just business. It's nothing personal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.